Welcome to your winning journey podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Lee. I went from feeling guilty eating the foods I love and letting the skill control me to now helping you overcome this. No matter where you are or what you're experiencing, you can always win and I'm going to show you how. It is now your turn to transform your health, mind, and life. So let's do this together. Hello you, happy new year. Welcome back to the podcast episode. I am super excited for this one because I wanna do a quick intro before my intro with my client, Gia. And before I do that, I just wanna say I hope you had a happy new year. I hope you got the chance to celebrate yourself and just let yourself rest and marinate in all of the things that you've achieved in 2023. And when I say achieved, I'm not even talking about like, you know, doing things and hitting goals. It's literally about like you growing as a person. So hope you got the chance to do that. I've been just resting, reflecting, and also just telling myself that I'm proud of me. And that goes a long way. So I hope that you could do that for yourself. I just want to say I'm really proud of you. But here's the thing. For today's episode, I just want to share a quick snippet with you. Before Gia started working with me in six-month one-on-one coaching, she was very disconnected from her body. She was constantly overworking, lacking sleep. She was ignoring her hunger cues. Like She didn't even know what they were anymore at this point because she was going through such a stressful life like experience losing her mom and grandma. And so during this time, she has, you know, gained the most amount of weight she's ever had. And she felt sluggish and low energy. And to really see Gia go through the six-month one-on-one coaching program and to see her be at the other side of all of this, I just want to say I'm really proud of her. She is now so connected to her body, not just physically, but emotionally as well. And she's eating breakfast, she's eating lunch, she's eating dinner, like she's not skipping meals like how she used to. And she's learning how to take care of her body in so many different ways to manage the stress that comes with grieving and also like work situations, right? And I just want to say if you are in a similar place like my client Gia, I want you to know that there is the other side of this where you can become less like conscious about your body, but also just like building that relationship with your body back up where you can feel confident that you can take care of yourself and that you can feel comfortable in your body. So I want to share some wins with you. Gia lost two and a half inches off her waist. She is the strongest she's ever been. Before we started the coaching program, she couldn't do one push-up. Now she can do like eight to ten, like literally right all together without taking a break in between. She's not skipping her meals and she's working out consistently at least two to three times a week. And let me just say this too, like she no longer bloats like how she used to and she know what causes it and know how to minimize it and because of that she feels good in her body because she knows how her body works so i wanted to share this episode with you because i want you to see that when you manage your stress when you work with your grief and you listen to your body like that is where you have the capacity to build healthy habits all right, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today, I got someone special. I've been trying to get her on the podcast, and I'm really excited that my client, Gia, is coming to talk to y'all about her journey in six-month one-on-one coaching, but also sharing her weight loss and health journey with you all. Her story has been really inspiring, and through our work together, I got to really see her take care of her body in a way that works for her. And not just that, too. I think it's so important to touch on how to really take care of yourself like in the process of grieving a loved one, right? And so I just think that her story is going to touch many of your hearts, but also just help you see that it is okay to really prioritize your health and to know when it's time to do that. And so help me welcome Gia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you please just introduce yourself to the people? 
Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm Kia and I'm graphic designer, recovering workaholic at that too, and recently a homeowner. I'm so excited. So with that, can you just like paint us a picture of where you were before you joined six month one-on-one coaching and like when I say where you were like can you just give me an idea of how was your body feeling at the time and what was your mindset about just like taking care of your body and your health in general yeah so before I joined I was the heaviest weight I've ever been and the most weight I had gained in like such a short amount of time and mentally and emotionally, I was also at a very low point in my life because my mom and grandma had just passed away. So I was like grieving, um, going through my first year of grief with that. And I think anyone who's who has lost a loved one knows that the first year of grief is like just super unfamiliar territory and difficult to navigate. So because of like that mindset I was in, um, I was like, I knew that I needed to get myself out of this low point um, because I was like physically slow and sluggish, but with my life too, like I had no motivation to do anything. And every time I tried to do something, it felt like I was just distracting myself. I started doing home workouts to start taking care of my body, but um, and like trying to eat right too, but nothing was sticking because I didn't have the right mindset or knowledge about how to do it healthily. So that's how I ended up reaching out to you. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. You know, what came into my mind when you said that was how you were emotionally ready before you were physically ready. And I just want you to talk about that because I remember like one point in my journey where it's like, you know, like shit just starts happening in your life and you're like, oh my gosh, like I know I need to like take care of my body, but it almost feels like a part of you is like, am I really ready for this? Or like, oh, maybe I should do other things instead. And you're just kind of like debating with yourself. And so for you, I want to know like how you were like, hey, I'm emotionally ready to take care of myself. I know I've tried these things that didn't work like eating this way and like working out this way and trying to be perfect like I know that those methods didn't work but I know I'm emotionally ready to really commit to this and and what was that dialogue for you it came down to these moments I would have I was coping with my grief in ways that I was familiar with from college or from my upbringing so like overworking myself and like taking on freelance projects on top of like my full-time job and I remember thinking to myself like how come I don't have any time for myself like why am I doing this to myself like that's when there was a shift emotionally and mentally with like okay if I actually want change in my life then I need to like really do things differently and like start challenging my lifestyle habits and the beliefs that I've had about how I need to live my life yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Well, did you feel anything physically? Like for you to tell yourself the why am I doing this to myself? Like, did you feel like physically tired? Like, did your body I know you mentioned your body felt like sluggish, but like yeah. how did it feel in your body? Yeah, yeah. Physic in my body, it did feel like I was stuck. <laughs> like I was doing a lot with my body, you like moving around with like working and going out and trying to work out too so I was like very busy my nervous system was very like like heightened yeah. um, you say. but then like in my brain or in my mind I would feel stuck like what like I'm doing so much but at the same time I don't feel like it's like it's a lot of nothing yeah. that I'm doing if that makes sense yeah so there's that um and then there was this other instance where I like randomly my sisters and I went to this a yoga session it was everyone's first time and I like 
didn't expect much from it, but when there were like these hip poses that we did for some reason, like I started crying and um, our instructor had mentioned that like your hips hold a lot of like tension and trauma and stress. And that really resonated with me. I realized how much I've been holding, like my body has been holding onto. And I realized I really like want to release these things that my body has been holding onto and that like it deserves to feel safe. And I think my first year of grief, I did not feel safe to just slow down and to like just allow myself to feel the grief and feel like the need to slow down and like recognize that my life is never going to be the same anymore because of the loved ones that I've lost. I love that. Like, thanks for like sharing that because one of the things that I really admire Gia for is like how in tune she is with her body and her emotions. And that came from practicing, you know, like you practicing of like, okay, what is my, how is my body talking to me today? Like, how am I feeling? Like, what do I need to do for myself? And I think it was like practicing that over and over. And now like, girl, you're an expert at that. Like at that point, like, <laughs> I mean, at the beginning it was like hard because you've tuned it out for so long because you were going through this process with your grandma and mom. But then the moment when you started picking it back up and you're like, oh, like I always know what I need. I always know what I got to do. And so I know even that process can be difficult so can you explain how you practice it in Ooh. the program and like what got you to really get in tune of hey like this is what my body needs because I remember like if y'all if you don't know this Kia used to think that eating feels like a chore like she used to tell me like Sam I don't I feel like eating is just so much work and like I don't even want to think about it I'm like what like food is your energy like and this is coming from like her recovering workaholic background, right? Like just working through the grief. And so can you just share, because you're living in such a different life now. And I think like going back to like when you first started practicing, getting in tune of what your body need in terms of food and workouts. I just want to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I still do like view eating as a chore. Yeah. But I think it's the fact that I'm more aware of it, that I will, it's a lot of learning how to talk to myself, like I'm a child, (laughs) to be honest. And like, sometimes I am speaking to my inner child, right? Because like one of the other things with who I am, where like the, how I've conditioned myself to think about food is I will lose my appetite if I'm like in a very emotional Um, spot or if I'm like super stressed and drained I'll just like not have an appetite and that's how I would go on for like hours without eating or feeling like food is a chore or eating is a chore so these days I I have to like try really hard to like convince myself that like even if you don't want to eat like you're gonna have to take a bite of something you know so that like I can feel sustained for the rest of the day And I've noticed too, like how food or when I don't eat and skip meals, how it does affect my mood too, because I get hangry or I like just don't have energy, like being hangry and not having energy. Like I used to be okay with that because I thought it was normal, but now that I know what it feels like to actually be full and to have energy that sustains me for the day. I, like I strive to always feel that way I, like Sam has said this too I'm a big feelings person so for me yeah. I'm like I can do something to make myself feel better to comfort myself and I'm, I'm gonna try to do it yeah and I think like for you something that was super helpful at the very beginning of your journey that I remember was you not trying to be perfect with your food because like food already felt like a chore and so like you trying to perfect your meals or you trying to make your meals like a certain way that would just turn you off even more of like okay that's like more work and so like I'm not gonna even like try so for you like how did you get out of that perfectionism mindset because I know we coached a lot on like 
you don't have to be perfect yet. Like it's cool. It's okay. You're going to see progress. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's another thing that I, I had to work really hard on because since I'm such an overachiever and <laughs> I was raised in a household where perfection was expected or else I was shamed for it. So doing a lot of that, like coaching and unpacking with you was super eye-opening for me. I remember like there were some journaling methods that you had me do in the beginning. And in one of my entries, I wrote about like, why am I being so hard on myself for meeting like very basic survival needs, like eating, um, like why, why do I feel like surviving has to be perfect? I started questioning that. And I think from there, un- unlearning that thought is what helped me not put so much pressure on myself to be perfect about eating. Yeah. Do you remember what you were saying to yourself? Like your thought process, like your um, affirmations? The one that you taught me that I, I still tell myself to this day is to like do the bare minimum. And it doesn't have to be hard. I feel like, I don't know if it was because I felt like someone gave me permission to just do the bare minimum and to not make things hard. It relieved a lot of pressure for me because like I said, I grew up in a household and like started to internalize these beliefs that it's things aren't hard for me or like I'm not trying to strive or excellence, then it's not worth even trying. And I think that's how I, I I felt with my meals in the beginning. It was like, oh, if it's not a perfect meal, then I'm a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, it was like if it doesn't have a carb, a protein, and a fiber, then I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna eat, you know? But I think like you being like, oh, it doesn't have to be hard, that was actually when you started eating three meals. That's true. <laughs> yeah yeah but before that like it was only eating like probably once or twice a day like lucky if it's two times but but like it was not a lot and it made sense why you were always so tired and you didn't have energy to even work out and so going back to like just the food again how has your relationship with food changed because I know your brain has some thoughts about like takeout Mm -hmm. remember those days where you're like Sam this is so bad like yeah okay honestly I like order so much takeout now (laughs) and I have a lot of black and white expectations on like what is the right healthy ideal way to live versus like what's bad and wrong and so having takeout more than three times a week was bad for me and then that would like make me not want to eat or eat my meals really late because we would have to go grocery shopping then come back home and cook the meal and by that time it was already like 8 or 9 p.m where I was of course hangry so again it was like learning how to give myself permission that like yeah takeout is like this is like the season of my life that I'm in right now that's another thing that you taught me was that like takeout isn't bad and that it's like it's what works for where I'm at in my life and with who I am. And as long as like I'm like getting my nutrition in, it's not it's not bad. I don't I don't even know like what is what would be constituted as bad, right? Like at with where I'm at in my journey now. Yeah. Like is your brain like just not even thinking about good and bad foods anymore? Yeah. <laughs> That's freaking huge. Yeah. Can you tell me what shift for you is, was it just eating the takeout or like, there's gotta be like your, the way you're talking to yourself, you know? Yeah. I think it goes back to unlearning my perfectionism because as a perfect perfectionist for me, like there's right way in a bad way. So it's not like with being trying to be perfect, like it's not even that, like I have to do whatever I can to be perfect. Like it also has to be like, the best way to do it yeah <laughs> so there's so many moments where I've had to like I've paused 
and like caught myself mid thought, like, wait, like, wait, why, why am I thinking this is bad or good? And like, why am I putting so much pressure on myself when like, I'm going through so much shit in life? No, that's so good. So I want to like touch on body image. Cause for you, I feel like that was what we did a lot of coaching on, especially because the scale, the number reminded you of the grieving time that you experienced of your mom and your grandma. And I remember when Gen I started coaching, she was always like, the number's not moving. Like the number is still the same. Like, I don't know, I'm not making progress. And she just had like a lot of doubts because like the number was just not where I wanted to be. It's almost like I felt this like energy of I got to get there as fast as possible because I don't like this number. And we did some coaching on it. And you found out that the reason why you didn't want to be at the weight was because it reminded you of, you know, you being at your heaviest and you being at your heaviest happened because of, you know, losing your grandma and your mom. And so can you share your experience about like how your body image was before the program? And then like, and then like, where is it at now? Because I'm really curious because now you don't even care about the scale. Yeah. So before the program, I couldn't get over the number on the scale and feeling like grossed out by myself, to be honest. Um, and I, I think that the thought of like being grossed out made me realize like some of the internalized beliefs I have about like what media says is like a socially acceptable body or not and like I've always been like petite like small framed person too and I remember when like I was like at my lightest I used to want to gain weight so that I could like have curves and whatnot and feel like physically stronger and um, emotionally too because I felt like people would just like it was easy for them to look down on me as a smaller person too. <laughs> and then when I finally gained that weight, it, like I still wasn't happy and then wanted to lose it again. So I kept going back and forth on what my weight and especially after my mom and grandma passed, I wanted to go back to who I was before they passed because I felt like I didn't get to live that life as I envisioned so I kept wanting to go back to oh, being at 120 and then somehow like restarting my life from there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Psychologically, it's very trippy. And I remember like telling you, like admitting that out loud to you too, for the first time, it was like the first time I even acknowledged it to myself as well. And I realized that there is like grief that my body holds for myself too. Like it's not just grieving loved ones, but like grieving me, who I was before their passing and how my life was and how my body was too. Because during the, the grief, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have control of my body or like I just didn't have control of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't control death so yeah it like I felt like oh my body is the one thing that I should have control over and like have autonomy over but sometimes it it doesn't work that way either so yeah um through coaching with the program though and like acknowledging these these feelings and allowing myself to grieve giving myself permission again to like be safe and holding myself with these emotions like really it was a really healing experience and it helped me like by the end of the program I was like damn I don't even care about the number anymore like in fact I love this number because I I started when we started the program I was like I was at 124 and then I like gained well, yeah, I gained the weight on the scale. It, like, so I went, it increased and I wasn't even bothered by it. I was like, oh my God, yeah, I love myself at this weight. And this self-love is what 
previous me needed at that time when I was going through like all the turmoil in my life yeah so it was like a full circle yeah oh I, I freaking like love that for you and you brought up such a good point you brought up like how grieving also affects our identity right and I think about this in so many different ways I know for you it was for like grieving who you were and how your body looked before your mom and grandma passed away but you can also apply this to like for the moms out there like grieving your identity of before you were a mom and then you started having kids and your body has changed maybe you used to be a runner and now you don't really run anymore it's like in this like weight loss health journey like you're always grieving an old identity and you're having to learn how to be okay with the identity that you're at right now because that's going to be the person that gets you to that end goal and I think for you one thing that you did such a good job on and the process was just like I don't even think it was accepting it but I think it was more of like appreciating that like hey like I'm here I'm doing something about my body I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for me to make the decision for being emotionally ready to like just take care of myself and prioritize myself I think a lot of times we give ourselves a lot of shit of see like this is why you gain the weight like see like you you don't know how to take care of yourself or wow you can't even do the basic things like you can't even eat three meals you can't even do that and it's like but like you wouldn't be doing this without that version of you you know yeah yeah totally and to add on to that too, like that version of me who made the decision to reach out to you and be in this program was a version of me that at the time I didn't like myself because I was like super moody every day and angry, very sad and depressed. And I hated who I was. Um, and I think that like that version of me made me hate the number on the scale even more because it's like oh like this isn't the best version of me and I don't need like I don't even know at that time like I felt like I didn't know myself because I also did not have control of my emotions like I would just have like random outbursts of tears or like rage but so I, I hated that version of myself, but looking back now, like she needed so much love, you know, and she did her best because she brought me here. Like yeah. that's, I, I went through the program and I'm tearing up because I'm like, ugh. yeah, it's just really sad how much I, I like hated myself and like I had shame on top of that shame I felt for myself. Yeah. And I just want to say like that version of you, like I'm so proud of her because let me just like give this to y'all too. Like as Gail was going through this, as she was doing one-on-one coaching with me, like she was also like seeing a therapist, like helping her process her trauma and like also getting like the support that she needs to really like help her focus on her body and her, her health, right? Like she needed more support than just a workout plan and a meal plan. And so like, I put that out there because I think a lot of times as women of color, we think that we have to do it ourselves or we think that we have to figure it out alone. But there's like a support system that's there for you to really like acknowledge that you need to ask for help and it's okay. And so I think like for you, especially like the way you've been thinking about your body and how much it has evolved like, where are you at now with your body? Like, I mean, I know the, the scale doesn't bother you anymore, but I mean, you're going to the gym, you're still working on your, your body. And so like, where, how do you see it now? You know, cause it's more than the weight loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a lot of appreciation for it. And I use the term appreciation because I feel like it's like saying that, Oh, I love my body. And like, just exactly the way that it is would be a lie. Honestly, I don't think that's the goal for me either. Because when I, like part of some of the goals that I did have when I signed up for the program was to like have abs and like defined muscles everywhere on my body and to be toned. And after like 
going through the six months, I realized like, actually, I don't, I don't really want that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's nice to think about and because they're, it's like very superficial and surface level, but I don't want it enough to be honest. And like, that's not why I'm still working out either. So I don't have the quote unquote ideal body that is seen in the media or what I think is ideal. I still have a lot of appreciation for it because I like it has held so much together for me emotionally and like physically gotten me through a lot of hard times and that impacts the way that I look at myself in the mirror too like some days I'm like I don't like this but then there's there's like another voice inside of me that's like but you're still cute yeah yeah (laughs) So, and like you're still gonna wear whatever you want because you're cute and I freaking love that (laughs) and yeah I think it's kind of weird to like call myself cute but yes that is like the level of confidence that I have now but that's so good to touch on because something that I, I want to add to what you said is it's okay for your goal to evolve and Mm -hmm. When you're in the journey, your goal, like what you want for yourself and your body becomes more clear. And it only becomes more clear when you start taking action towards that goal. Like when you're eating the three meals, when you're working out and you're managing your mind when it wants to like talk shit to you. It's like the more you do that, the more like the goal becomes more clear of what you're really working towards. But at the beginning, it's totally okay to be like, oh, I want to lose like 20 pounds. I want to lose like 10 pounds, you know, like it's okay to have those numbers. But like, as you go through the journey, like that number is going to get more clear for you. Like, oh, what I really want for my body is to actually feel good. What I really want is to be more energized. And that's okay too. I think like that's where I want to like switch to this direction of like, there's really no happy ending when it comes to your weight loss and health journey, like even me being in my journey, like I'm always constantly thinking about like different ways to push my body or different ways to even maintain the progress that I've created. And that is completely like something that I want everybody to really embody because I think when you keep hearing this narrative of like, oh, once I've hit the 20 pounds or once I've had the abs, once I've had like a defined body, then I'll do X, then I'll feel X, right? It's like, you're really making it seem like, oh, there's a happy ending and then everything is just going to be perfect and you're never going to have negative thoughts. When really, like what you just said, there's just going to be some days where you have bad body image days, but yeah. you have like the tools to like manage your brain around that. And so for you, like what has been like something that's really helpful for you, like when you're talking to yourself, because I know like at the beginning of the program, I was telling Kia, I'm like, are you talking back to your brain? Cause you're just letting your brain like go and go and go. And it's just like going down a rabbit hole deeper and deeper when, you know, you're like criticizing yourself in the mirror. Yeah, I think, okay. One of the things that <clears throat> I remember you told me towards the end of the program was now that I have a healthier body image if I do want to work towards having a certain type of body it'll be easier for me because I'm no longer like defining myself by my my body image or like what I believe my body should look like and that thought feels no pun intended at all like very out of body (laughs) like it's it's like looking at my my body in a different way of like oh if I really wanted the abs I could totally work for it but it's not actually what I want and that's why I don't have them yeah being able to admit these things to me or to myself is it's very beneficial it helps me become more self-aware or have more clarity on what I really want for myself and so on those days where I start to think oh, like, I really, like, want those curves or, like, the six-pack abs or whatever. I'll, like, like, the thoughts I tell myself is, no, you don't actually want it. Like, you think that you want it, but, like, it's not, it's, it isn't what keeps me going. 
with working out. Like what keeps me going is feeling good, like feeling mentally well, um, because I, I do have like bad anxiety too. And working out helps me focus on my breath and like just be present in the moment. So yeah, it's, it's, it's those kind of thoughts. It's like, no, you don't actually want it because if you, you did, you, you would, you would have it now. And like, it's okay that you don't actually want it. Like you can let it go. Oh my gosh. That's so good because it just proves that when you work on your mindset about the way you see your body, because you've talked about how like you've been skinny before, like way back then where you're like, I, I at that time I wanted to gain weight. And then when I gain weight, I still have the same thoughts, right? Of like, oh, I want to go yeah. back there. And so it's like, really at the end of the day, like you have to really work on your mindset about the way you see your body because the size can change, the weight can change. But like if you have, still have like the same shitty thoughts, like it's, it's going to feel exactly the same in a different body. And I think- what you said there is when you start working on your mindset around your body image, then you can start to make your body be like this, like blank canvas where you're like, damn, let me just have fun with it. Let me like see what I can do. Let me see like how strong my arms can be. Let me see like how much um, pushups I can do, like how heavy I can lift, you know? And I think that's such a good point. And you also mentioned that like what keeps you going is just feeling good, which leads me to like this last section is working out. Like I remember for you, you were like, oh, it just feels so hard. Like it feels like a chore. Like I'm already working <laughs> all day and now I have to move my body. Can you talk about how your relationship with working out has changed? Because it has changed a lot. I feel like before you used to think it has to be this very high intensity thing or it's like, oh, like, I have to do it this way to make it count. It can't be, like, just me walking. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, I, like, so much of what I used to believe about fitness and being physically active was so heavily influenced by what I've seen in the media and just, like, health gurus who are always, like, moving. <laughs> yeah, I used to believe that like oh I have to like follow this certain calendar that I downloaded off of YouTube or like it has to be for this amount of time and this many days of the week um or else I'm not doing it perfectly and it doesn't count and I've never been someone who has been involved in fitness or anything physically active like I'm not sporty like tried going to the gym in the past, but realized I'm not really a gym person either. So I've always struggled with my relationship with movement. Um, I think that's what it comes down to in like feeling uncomfortable, feeling insecure with moving my body and feeling like I will be judged or criticized that like I'm not doing things perfectly. But to be honest, like all of that came from my, like my head, like in this inner voice saying that like, you're not allowed to move unless if you move perfectly, <laughs> which is yeah. like so, so weird and messed up. So the program and being with you as my coach helped me learn how to embrace movement and find ways to move that is like what aligns with me. So, and, and to feel comfortable with like, or to be okay with being uncomfortable too when I'm moving. Because yeah, there are some things when you learn how to do for the first time, like you're not going to do it perfectly. And like having you there to like reassure me that like, yeah, your posture isn't the best, but you're doing it, you know? And I, I know that I showed a lot of growth too with like my forms and, and posture and, um, figuring out like like aside from doing the workouts that you gave to me through trainerize to like I was figuring out like okay like what else do I like to do like maybe I should you know attend like this like yoga class or look for other types of activity and like count it as movement and not just like just because it doesn't fit the 
the standard of what movement means. Like, it doesn't mean that it's invalid. Yeah. That's so good. And y'all, just so y'all know, now she goes to gym without me. So, <laughs> like... <I do. laughs> Yeah, you motivated me to get a gym membership and I never thought I would be that type of person. And I'm like, what? I caught myself like saying that. I'm like, what is, what is that type of person anyway? Like I had so many myths and like false beliefs about like, oh, I'm not this type of person. Yeah. <laughs> to or to yeah. like even run. I run now too. Oh my God. See, look at you. Yeah. yeah. But like the the main thing that I want to take away from what you said is like when you're judging yourself, like you literally cannot figure out the right way for you to move. Like when you're like judging yourself on your form or like thinking that you should be advanced at this, right? Like I think a lot of times we're like our brain doesn't want to be a beginner, even though we are a beginner in certain things and we're expected to like excel. We're like, oh, like we got to be really good at this. And if we're not, then we're not going to do it. And it's like, but you don't even know until you do it. And then Ooh. like when you do it, that's when you figure out like where you need to like make adjustments to do better next time. And I think like to see the evolution of your um, relationship with working out, going from like being intimidated to like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Or like even just like the fact that it felt like a chore because you thought that it had to be a certain way like this one perfect right way that we see on social media that like the gym is the end all be all. And like, if you don't go to the gym, then like, what's the point? You don't need to work out. And like, just to get that out of your head, that allows you to have the routine that you have right now of like running and going to the gym and like lifting weights and like freaking doing push-ups because before you couldn't even do push-ups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fun to now to see what my body can do even if it's not like perfect, you know, it's just really fun to see what my body is capable of and kind of like, oh yeah, like I can move my body in, in ways that like I didn't even know I could or um, yeah, it definitely helps me feel more confident in my body or like more comfortable with it too. It's like, oh, it's okay if I'm, if I'm awkward or if I look weird doing things yeah oh my god this is so good so I just want you to think about like if you think about your journey like up to this point like what would you say the hardest thing was for you and like how did you overcome that because I feel like everybody has their heart in their Ooh. journey and like I feel like when you get over that hump it's kind of where you have this pivotal moment of like oh shit like I could do this I could really do this forever like this is the thing that unlocked it for me like what was that for you releasing the expectations and myths that can you tell me what expectations um the expectations of being perfect um and having a a very rigid mindset of like what living a healthy lifestyle looks like. There, like I have this trait <laughs> where I want to do things in a very ideal way, and I think that it's possible, but sometimes it is too idealistic, or <laughs> it's like an ideal belief based off of what. I consume and see in the media that was the hardest hump for me to get over because let's see I was in my mid-20s when when I was in the program and like even when I started my health journey before the program I think being at that age and with my maturity level I just felt like I have to be this very certain type of 20 year old who's like a strong independent woman and like healthy and go-getter and shit and then I realized like oh that's like <laughs> it's a very unfulfilling life <laughs> yeah and it's actually not who I want to be and the the program having the coaching helped me realize that day by day <laughs> it's like 
going to the gym, working out perfectly, eating what I thought were perfect meals, which were just like poke bowls. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. It's not, that's not the life I want to live, actually. That is freaking amazing. And I <laughs> say that because for you listening right now, you're listening to this episode, in order to lose weight, in order to create the healthy lifestyle that you really want to create, you have to let go and release the expectation of what you think the journey is going to look like. Because I know all of us have this idea of like, oh, you know, when we set the goal, like this is how we're going to do it and this is how we're going to go about it. And then like shit be happening and then you're like, damn, like how am I supposed to like <laughs> keep it up now? Because I had this whole image in my head about how my meals are supposed to look like when I eat and like how my workouts are going to be like and me feeling really good when I go to the gym looking like this. And it's like when you're in that energy, it's kind of like you give off this like you're basically telling your brain like I should be there instead of here yeah and like that doesn't allow you to appreciate like being present but also like you miss out on all the learnings of like oh this is what I need to learn so that I can lose weight my way this is what I'm learning about myself and the way I eat in the way that I work out that I know I'm going to continue doing because if you continue to let those expectations be there I don't think you would be going to the gym right now. Yeah. I don't even think you would have done <laughs> running. I don't even think you probably would have like done a yoga class. Right. Or like you probably like would still shame yourself to eat takeout when you really want to eat takeout. And so like releasing those expectations has helped you basically lose weight and be healthy your way. Yeah. And I I really like what you said about like this is how having thoughts about like this is how I should be it, that hinders me from being present in the moment I think I, I've had a lot of thoughts about should be's like yeah I should be like, I should do things like this and to, it's a lot of it is rooted in shame to be honest and this, this is like reminding me of like in the beginning we did a lot of work on that too it's like where does this shame come from and thinking about it now it's it's very sad but I I feel grateful for where I'm at now and that I've learned still learning how to like release those expectations that are rooted in shame yeah if you are like telling yourself I should have would have could have done this like I just want you to know like that's just shame talking and like that's how you know those are the expectations that you're holding yourself to because I think a lot of time when you're when you ask yourself what are the expectations that I'm holding myself to sometimes you can kind of go blank because you can't really think about it but then if you're like oh I should go to the gym today oh see told you I should have like I should have had that takeout I should have just like cooked I should have like went outside today instead of just sitting all day like all of these like I should have, could have, would have done differently. Let that be like a sign that you are trying to lose weight or be healthy. Living in someone else's vision, wherever that vision is coming from, society, you know, maybe things that you consume on social media. But it's just something to kind of give you the direction of what am I expecting myself to do and like, how do I talk to myself when I'm not meeting those expectations and how can I change that, that dialogue in my head? So that's very good. Yeah. And okay. One last thought about that too, is it's not about not making mistakes. Like it's, it's still okay to make mistakes and I still do it all the time. Like sometimes I still skip a meal or I might, it was like Halloween recently and like, I don't have a sweet tooth, but when I do, it's like, pretty bad so I kept eating these Twix bars and and then I realized like ugh, like I started getting stomach aches so I think it's, instead of shaming myself though I was like okay I'm just not gonna do that next time because like this is what like I I take that like what you say like I take it as data you know collect it and then like figure out what to do differently next time and I think that mindset is very different from like the shame-based mindset, right? Of like, 
oh, like I'm so ashamed and like I'm not going to try to do anything ever again. Yeah. Because you're freaking human at the end of the day. Like you're going to make mistakes. But those mistakes are not setbacks, though. I think a lot of people think like mistakes are setbacks, but really mistakes are just data for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. If you had to give a message to someone who is in a similar shoe like you, like if you think about day one, yeah. Or if you like want to talk to your past self, give her like an advice, knowing where what you know now, like what would you say to her? What would you say to her? What would you say to the people that's like in that same boat? I would say that even if you're not quite ready yet to like start on your health journey you're still trying your best and that's okay and whenever you're ready your health journey will be there for you yeah I love that this is so good that just ties into like there was an episode that I created I don't remember the numbers there's too many numbers and I don't remember them (laughs) But there was one where I talked about how to know when you're ready to lose weight and like the difference between being emotionally ready versus physically ready. And so I'll leave that in the show notes for y'all because if you want to go into that and listen to it, I think it'll be really helpful. I think like the the biggest question that I always get is like, how do I know when I'm ready to do this? How do I know like that it's the right time? You know, there's always those questions and your body's always talking to you. So I just want you know, y'all to listen to that episode if that's something that you're like thinking about of, oh, I feel like I'm there, but I'm not there yet. Or I feel like I think I'm there, but I'm not sure if I'm there. Just go listen to the episode and then just really take what Gia said because that's a really good advice of, you'll know, you'll know. And, and it is scary, I will say. Like, even if you decide when you know, it is scary. Because I remember like before you join one-on-one coaching, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to get myself into. And I'm scared, but... <laughs> But we're gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's the idea of like giving yourself compassion and grace too. Yeah, yeah. this is I so good. That's what I, I needed most. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really hope that y'all enjoy this episode. Um, if you want to apply for six month one on one coaching visit the link in the show notes below. This is the program when I help you lose 20 pounds and keep it off without dieting. And of course, we're not just working on your food and your workouts, but we also work on your mindset, the way that you're talking to yourself in the journey so that you can sustain this for life. And so want to apply, click below. And from there, we'll book a free sales call to chat to see if it's a great fit. But until then, I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. Now, if you want to lose your first 10 to 20 pounds, eating what you like, no diets, no restriction, and build a consistent and confident lifestyle, my one-on-one coaching program is now open for enrollment. To apply, visit www.superlysamp.com. And from there, we'll book a call to see if you are a great fit. I'm so excited to serve you in this program. But until then, I'll talk to you next week.